Welcome to Do You Like Scary Movies? Where we examine all things horrific. Each episode features interviews with those involved in all aspects of horror and the bizarre. Do you like creepy movies, scary books, or horror music? Join us for a look into all of the things that go bump in the night and bring a chill to your spine. Prepare to be scared. Okay, here we are yet once again post-Colorado Festival of Horror, which I'm still slightly dazed from. Slightly? Slightly. I'm still completely exhausted. Uh, it never stops. Um, so, uh, we can get this thing going. Just to introduce ourselves, uh, I'm Brian, Rocky Mountain Paranormal Guy, uh, co-host of this show, also co-host of the They Did It Conspiracy Podcast, because why not? Uh, my co-host over here, I will let introduce himself. And I'm Bob, also with Rocky Mountain Paranormal. I also have a YouTube channel called Phobophile, where without the special guests, I sort of do the same thing we do on this show and talk about everything horror. And, so, check that out. And, and this is getting to be my favorite phrase on here, so I'm just going to say it this way. Our guest, who needs no introduction, uh, will let you introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, all of that being said... Uh, what can you tell the fine folks about who you are? Well, my name is Travis Heerman. I'm an author and a filmmaker. Uh, I've got a lot of horror that I've written. I've got a, a, a horror comedy short film that I've just finished called Demon for, Ire, Demon for Hire. And since I saw you guys last, uh, it has been given its world premiere. So Ooh. my little movie uh, is going to... Uh, be screened at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland. That is uh, this in October. That's amazing. Sounds like the right kind of film festival for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. No, that's great. That is, that is my big news this week. That that's good news. That is good news. <laughs> so uh, since we're on the topic, what can you tell us about the film? Uh, it's about it's a horror comedy. It's about 20 minutes long. It's about a little demon. Who uh, a Muppet basically, uh, but hopefully Disney doesn't sue me for using the word. <laughs> uh, I don't think Disney's listening to our show. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Um, now that you said Disney, there's going to be some sort of a algorithm out there that listens and that will hear it. Yeah, them. yeah. I've taken their name in vain on the show before, and <laughs> they haven't true. sued me yet. Uh, but uh, it's a little blue fuzzy demon who's a, a PI who's. Uh, corrupts mortals to the dark side whilst ha uh, helping them with their problems. I like. And uh, barring the film festival, when can we see it? Uh, and the first uh, screening hereabouts is going to be at Mile High Con hmm. uh, the third weekend of October. They're not doing it on Halloween this year? Nope. Wow, that's first. That, that was always an issue for us working that con, was they do it on Halloween. Right? Yeah, and that's the thing. We're, we're sort of like the monsters in Buffy. We don't work on Halloween. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll do the sp spooky stuff every other day. Halloween is for, for my own time. Leave it to the amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, then what about people just in general? Is it going to be online somewhere oh, or DVD? Um, or? I have my personal website, my author website, travishearman.com. Uh, and my last name is spelled like Herman, but with an eight extra E and an extra N. 
Uh, so you can go there, and there's a link to my online store, and you can buy the DVD there if you want. It's for sale now? Yeah, it's for sale now. Okay. Well, I just spent some more money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every time, and it's always true. Yeah, every time we have somebody on, it's like, oh, they have a product. We must go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of them, though, so. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah. all my books up there if you want if you like signed books, too. That's, uh, that's yeah, that's that's my Achilles heel. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to go off on a tangent here. We are in the museum, so I have to point something out. Yeah, this entire cabinet here and all the stuff next to it is signed books. So. Oh wow. I, yeah, it's a, it's a full size bookcase basically for I, for those of you listening. I have a bit of an obsession with. Yeah, and there's books. some there's some impressive titles there too. And he has even more signed DVDs than I have. Yeah, I think I win with wow. uh, for the signed books. I think I, think I win because I've got yeah. I've got a few of those bookcases. But, but yeah, between the two of us, it's I have a very crazy. large signed bookcase full of signed books. But I, I do it. I, I have those mainly because uh, I have a lot of friends who are authors, mm-hmm. and I like to support them. So I buy their books and yeah. have them so, sign them for yep, me. Yeah, the so. same. Not exclusively. I'm. I'll buy any. Not, yeah, not exclusively. Book. I've got, I've got, I've got uh, some fan stuff too. I'm a huge Joe Lansdale fan, and if I ever get the chance to meet Stephen King, I will probably just collapse into a puddle. So <laughs> now, uh, th- this is kind of a, a side one with that. Uh, do you know Kathy that works with us? I think. You, yeah. You you know about her connection to Stephen King? No. So. Let me give the whole story. Let me it's, jump. Back, it's worthwhile. Let me jump back into my Stanley Hotel story. <laughs> So, years ago, uh, 1998, I believe, Kathy was getting married, and she had booked the Stanley Hotel. So, she went up there to finalize everything, and they said, uh, and she had a hard time getting onto the property, because it was just a couple of weeks before the wedding. They let her on, and she went in, and they were like, yeah, we're going to have to cancel. She's like, what do you mean we have to cancel? I said, well... Stephen King just rented the entire hotel to film a miniseries of The Shining. And she's like, you've, you've got to be kidding. I've got you know everything ready to go. We're ready to do this. And she gets a tap on the shoulder. And it's Stephen King. <laughs> wow. And he's like, uh, when do you need it? So she told him. and He says, well, we're going to be filming on a soundstage down in Denver that night. So it's yours. Take it. So we got, I was the photographer for the wedding. It was long before the whole paranormal and all this other gig. So we got to hang out at the Overlook Hotel because it was all rebranded for the film. Mm-hmm. Sorry, miniseries. And yeah, ever since then, she's like, yeah, I got to meet Stephen King. And he did her a solid. And yeah. a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's an awesome story. Now, did you've heard about the story about why he went up to the Stanley Hotel? Maybe he was. But you should probably tell it he, anyway. He was a. He was leaving Denver, because well, he lived in Boulder, mm-hmm. and he'd been looking for a job, and he went up to the Boulder camera, and applied for a job, as a writer. And they said, "No, you're not a very good writer." <laughs> <laughs> uh, rumor has it that that uh, letter is still hanging on the wall at the Boulder camera. <laughs> <laughs> so he was cooking it back to Maine to, you know, go be the superstar that he is now. But, 
Funny how things work out. And I'm glad they didn't hire him. Because yeah. we just have a really creepy news editor at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, he would not be a good news editor. Mm-mm. He's he's very good at what he does, but they weren't wrong. I don't think he'd be very good yeah. in, a new, in a newsroom. Well, and that's what I thought. It's like, you know, that's a completely different writing style. So. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Grammar and all that is the same, but... Ish. Um, there's, a, there's a formality to news yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't exist in fiction. Right. Well, my fiction's formal as hell because I can't break myself of using proper grammar, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, and Stephen King definitely does. I mean, he uses more slang and he's he's very different about yeah. that. He's great with voice. I mean, he... Mm-hmm. I mean, he Much so. Uh, character voice and also narrative voice. Um, that's, I think, his probably biggest uh, skills. Uh is that his characters are memorable because they sound like people and they sound like individuals, uh, even when you're uh, reading reading one of his stories. You exactly. Know? So, yeah, as you say, they talk like normal people. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think know, they are people that he knew, and he recognizes that a preposition is a perfectly good thing to end a sentence with. <laughs> right. One thing, and I've never really brought it up anywhere. Have you ever noticed that all of his books have music credits? No, I've never noticed that. Yeah, a lot of the the chapters will start with the verse from a song. It's like from the Stones or you know, whatever. But his books include music, which I always thought was just the strangest. Now, as an odd aside, having used copyrighted material on some of my stuff, uh, you have to ask permission for that. It's Stephen King. With, well, it's, I'm sure they gave it, but and all all of those books were. Uh, you know, traditionally published, you know, Big Five Publishing and all that. Right. Yeah, and they had to, they had they had to pay. Uh, uh, what I have what I have found in my own work is that getting permission to use song lyrics, even one line, is expensive. Yeah, you got to pay royalties on the whole thing. Yes, uh, and you have to get permission, and you have to pay them. So, like every time he does that, his publisher is shelling out money to wh- whoever the copyright holder That's is. That's probably why yeah. he's doing it. Oh, that could be. <laughs> <laughs> could very well be. It's like, let's see what we can do to drive up their costs a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that possibility. Wow, audio's driving me up a little bit here. Uh, that being said, uh, what what horror books have you written that people should know about? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask as uh, well. Speaking uh, of books... Uh, I co-wrote a novel... Uh, called Death Wind uh, with my friend Jim Pinto. Uh, it's a Lovecraftian horror western. Uh, and it's based on a screenplay that he and I wrote uh, a couple of years before beforehand. And the screenplay uh, won an award at a film festival. Uh, so we're like, you know, this story's probably got some legs. Let's write a book. Uh, so we did. Um, so that, uh, that's been out mm, 2014-15, I think, is when that came out. Uh, Death Wind is the name of it. And I notice horror western again. That seems to be a running theme through these shows that a lot of people are starting to talk about horror westerns again. I've which, written some of those, which, which I think is good. I think it's a good mashup. Uh, I've got a I've got a, a short story called Bloodlust and Gold Dust uh, in a recent Bane anthology called uh, Straight Out of Deadwood. Uh, that's set in Deadwood. It plays in that sort of HBO Deadwood esque. Uh, 
play a uh, sandbox, mm-hmm. uh, but with uh, some supernatural horror and Wyatt Earp added. Oh, cool! Cool. Yeah, we were lucky enough to get hired by the uh, Bullock Hotel to come up and do an investigation nice. there. I did. I, when, at about the time I was writing this, uh, writing that story, um, I was uh, on a family trip, and we took a ghost tour of the of the, stand, of the Bullock Hotel, ah. uh, uh, and that was fun. How long ago was that? Oh, this would have been 2019, probably. Wonder uh, if they're telling any yeah. of Rocky Mountain Paranormal I, stories. I for <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we spent darn near. It was like four or five days there. And yeah, they comped the whole thing, paid us to come up there, and it was a, an amazing investigation. And that was one of the ones where some stuff actually happened. actually happened. Yeah. Like Act- what? Okay, what happened? Uh, there's one that we don't like to talk about, but we will. <laughs> uh, so in the basement, have you been to Seth's cellar? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, they give us a tour of the whole it's thing. It's split into two sides. Yeah. One side's full of chairs. The other side has kind of a bar that they don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. So, trying to do a paranormal investigation in an active casino, stupid idea to start with. However, if you are an active casino with ghost stories and you want to compass a trip out to investigate, we'll still do it. We will do it. (laughs) But downstairs was pretty much vacant, and that's where a lot of the ghost stories were, because that basement used to be uh, the TV ward for the children. So all the working girls, when they were done with their shifts over at the brothel, would go over and be nurses for the kids. Mm-hmm. Like Calamity Jane. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they they saved the country. But the thing was, lots of ghost stories, because lots of dead kids. That was terrible. Uh, but so, also true. But also mm-hmm. true. If you got dead children, you're going to have ghost stories. So on the bar on that side, we set up two little Nerf balls. And they were probably two or three inches apart, and the bar is. And these are like these are like inch and a half diameter yeah. sort of sort of foam balls. And the bar is maybe a foot wide. It's really thin. And one of the balls in the middle of the night with nobody in the basement rolls at speed to the very edge and stops. Whoa! The other one stayed perfectly still. Uh, we live-streamed the video back to people in Denver countless times. We're like, check this out, check this out, check this out. The next morning, the file, gone. We <laughs> took file recovery software to it, and it it's like it never existed. But we showed it to people. Uh, that's the one we don't like to talk about. Yeah, no kidding. The There's up- a similar one, though, that there is video of. Exactly. Um, on the other side where the chairs are, the chairs are kind of ergonomic, so they lean back a little bit. Think of like a folding chair, like a theater chair or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we had another ball sitting on one of the chairs and once again, in the middle of the night, it went off the front of the chair. So it had to effectively roll uphill to get off the chair. We spent the next several nights trying to find out ways to monitor for like wind or gusts so we yeah, went out and pic- a picture of- a bunch of grown-ass adults playing with balls in in the middle of an active casino trying to figure out why it's rolling off a chair yeah and the next night they're out there with a bunch of like helium balloons tying them to the back of the chairs to watch wind current and but no idea what caused it mm-hmm. and you know that was genuinely creepy yeah i bet 
So that's the sort of stuff we like. We we kind of accidentally debunked a few of the things they had. Um, well, if uh, there's bunk, you have to d it. But exactly. but if you still got a good ghost story, that's all the better. I'll I'll, I'll just give one so you kind of get the concept. There's a haunted mirror. You've probably seen the haunted mirror. Mm-hmm. And when you take pictures of the haunted mirror, sometimes these weird shapes and and symbols will show up in it. And they said this is an original piece of furniture, one of the very few that are existing here, and this is what happens. I said, can I play with it? They said no. (laughs) So there may have been a midnight reconnaissance mission over to it where we disassembled it. Turns out it's a Walmart mirror. And the reason that things show up in the mirror when pictures are taken, it's the pattern of the glue that they use to attach the mirror to the cardboard behind it. So you start getting to see where the glue is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, not necessarily an old or a haunted mirror. But they do have some cool ghost stories, and the ball freaked me out, <laughs> both of them. Yeah, because why would one move but not the other? Exactly. You know? And that's sort of where we end up on a lot of this stuff, is we uh, either please or anger the believers and skeptics alike, because if we can explain something, we do, Mm -hmm. and when we can't explain something, we're perfectly happy to tell the ghost stories. Exactly. Well, I'm always happy to tell the ghost stories. Well, I'll tell the ghost story even if I can explain it. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll tell all the ghost stories. Uh, Okay, back to you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So... Uh, what other fun and or exciting horror type things uh, do you have? Horror stuff. Not that um, we're going to limit it to that. but Oh, know. I've got a bunch of horror short fiction. Uh, a lot of my short fiction is horror. Um, I've got uh, a lot of different flavors of that. I mean, I've got a short story called uh, The Death Bunnies of Toxic Island, which is kind of an homage to be to be horror why have i not read that i was just gonna say where is that story uh, it's published? in, a, it's in a, a, a fiction river anthology called last stand because uh, the theme of that anthology is all last stands right uh so so is that story um and i've got uh what else on my first i mean my first i actually have uh one of my proudest moments, my first professional sale as uh, as an author, uh, was um, selling a short story to Cemetery Dance Magazine. Oh, that's um, a good sale. Um, uh, the, and the, the story is called "That Long Black Train." Uh, it's about a well, spoiler. It's about a it's about a tra- uh, long black train. But about a long black train that's alive, uh, and it's. Its purpose is to di- to digest evil, so everybody who's on there sort of has something that they're, you know, uh, on it for that they're re- that there's a reason they're on it. Right. right? That um, actually sounds familiar. I'm trying to remember if I've read it. What issue was that in? It wasn't an issue. It was in an anthology. Oh, in an anthology. It was an anthology that they put out called Shivers Number no. Seven. Shivers Number no. Seven. So I think I might have read that. I have most of the Shivers books. Uh, well, if you've got it, yeah, uh, it's and I'm super proud of that one because I, Stephen King and Clive Barker are also in that anthology, so, yeah, that just sort of made my poor little horror fan heart just go, just oh. sort of fall <laughs> pieces. Absolutely. So you're a Barker fan too? Oh yeah, totally. Jeez. Totally. Uh, Books of Blood are awesome. Uh, I love the Hellraiser films. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm excited to see the new Hellraiser with the... Uh, I, w I was going to ask about that. What uh, do you think? Well, I mean, she looks creepy as hell. Have you uh, seen the new trailer? I haven't seen it. I haven't oh. seen a full... I, the last I saw was a trailer, and then I've seen some stills of the new Pinhead, right? They um, have a trailer that is just... It, it looks good. Yeah. I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic because, well, like I keep it. saying, Clive's behind it, which gives me hope. But they better not screw it up. Exactly. <laughs> and I, right. Doug Bradley sounds like he's even okay with it. So if it's blessed by Doug, it should be good. Hopefully. But, you know, one of the things people are just, you know, they're, they're going PC with it. It's, it's a female. And I'm like, did you read the original? Yeah. The original. People who bitch about that have no concept of who Clive Barker <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. And with Clive Barker, who knows what it could be? I mean, it's Clive. It's, right. Have you read his inspirations for the book? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 and I think similar things are true of everyone who makes s such who makes similar statements. Exactly. Uh, they just have no clue what they're even talking about. Well, you know, I'll, I'll go back to some uh, comparisons here. Stephen King, amazing author. I, I I can say nothing bad about him. Clive Barker, he's the only author I know that I can absolutely, without any question, vis visualize every bit of gore that is in the, the, the mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I really feel like I've been there once I read his stuff. Yeah, he, it's, he is incredibly descriptive. Um, but he doesn't go on about it either. That's I, there's no. there, He's got this economy of language and just precision that is incredibly skilled. Uh, the guy is a master for, for good reason. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Packed. Made a pact with, the, with Cenobites. Exactly. <laughs> now, I will say that the new Cenobite looks kind of weird, but I'll, I'll let it run. But I'm, I'm excited to see it. Mm -hmm. I, I really am. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the actress that they got doing Pinhead is, she's... Uh, she was fabulous in uh, Sense Eight, if you've seen that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with her in this. So, so fingers crossed. Exactly. Here's here's hoping it ends up being as good as we all kind of think it might be. It will be. Just be positive. It will be. So yeah, I've just so, been burned too many times. So what's it like being in a in a book with those guys? I mean, that's out the gate even. Man, I don't know it. You know, I tell people that everything about being an author, being a writer, being an, you know, is every time you hit some sort of milestone, it feels like you've just traded up to a different set of problems. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, I'm super proud of, of, of that book. I mean, there's a lot of other great people. Graham Masterton is also in there and, and, uh, oh man. And that's true with anything Cemetery yeah. Dance puts out. There's yeah, because I mean, they they don't screw around. They've that publisher got, is sort of a who's who would in yeah. horror. So I having, wish the magazine came out more regularly. But <laughs> right, right. So so having one of mine in there just sort of makes me feel like like okay, this is this is for real. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I am. You made it, it's a certain time. amount. Of, yeah, it's a, it's a certain amount of professional cred that I did not have before. Uh, so. Uh, so in that respect, it's it's really awesome. Uh, so, wow, yeah, I, 
just blown away that you got into it like that. That's yeah. Well, I mean, I sold the story. Uh, I sold him the story. Well, see, it, it was kind of a two-edged sword, frankly, uh, because I sold him the story in like two thousand what. Uh, 2009-ish. And it didn't come out, didn't come out. And like you mentioned, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the magazine is so sporadic and, 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 you know, far in between issues that I, you know, I emailed them back, you know, every six months or a year saying, hey, you bought my story, when's it going to come out? Yeah. Um, and they sent me an email, well, we don't know. So how about we put you in, a, in an anthology instead? Fine, sure, awesome, <laughs> you know. And then, um, there's sort of more permanence to that anyway, so that yeah, I that think seems so. like a good I th- deal. Yeah, I th- I th- it seemed like a better deal anyway. Yeah, uh, but it did take five years from the time I sold the story to when the story actually came out. So, yep. Then uh, we get the same. Oh, we're taking a selfie. We get the same thing from the customers. <laughs> end, you know, I have books on pre-order from them from God knows how oh, long. Oh yeah, ago. yeah. Uh, of okay, so that anthology, Shiver Seven, uh, I bought. A, I mean, this it was such a milestone. I bought the, you know, hundred and some dollar slip, you know, boxed slipcase super yep. premium version, right? And I and that book came out in like what 2014, but I got that edition last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to remember how long um, the um, in layman's terms, the Richard Layman tribute anthology that they put out. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember how long that took in the in the pipeline. And once you get it, it's a perfect thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's a they put out a beautiful product, and everything they do is a who's who of horror. So I'm not yep. complaining too much. I just wish they well, sped know, it up. Wish a they were bit. a little faster. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not just books, though. I, mean, I was discussing that earlier. That every day is kind of like Christmas because I get something in the mail and it's like, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> It's like, oh, I ordered that a year and a half ago. I completely forgot about it. Yep. Which means there's a bunch of stuff out there that I've paid for that I'll never get and never be angry because I forgot about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but see, the problem for me is I remember and I get angry when they take my money for too long. I've, I've had that happen. I go on to, like, Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and it's like, log into your account because I want to check one thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened to that? I, I supported these other six things. Yeah. Yeah, that was supposed to come out three years ago. What happened to it? I've only ever gotten sort of uh, gotten—I wouldn't say screwed because they're still working on it. But I—I uh, I, I funded. I sent some money to uh, uh, Lovecraft's uh, uh, Dreamlands movie. Mm. Uh, I don't know, pre, uh, probably 2014 or 15, wow. and uh, the movie still hasn't been made. Although I occasionally get updates from then. From them saying, "Well, we shot some stuff here," and then six months later, "Well, we shot some stuff there." At least they're still (laughs) working on it and sending the updates. It's when they completely go away and never answer any questions that that I I start to get angry. Filmmaking is so weird. Uh, I was I was at a I went to a panel at DragonCon a few weeks ago uh, about film about the filmmaking industry in Atlanta. Uh, which they're kind of calling Hollywood East at this point because I mean all the Marvel stuff is is shot there. Um, that's among, because among of the tax breaks, right? Exactly, place, exactly, yeah. and that's that's purposeful, you know, on the part of the state of state of Georgia. Yep. But one of the guys on the panel uh, was a was a Atlanta based filmmaker <clears throat> or Georgia based filmmaker, and he said he had worked on his first feature film for ten years, 
before he finally finished it. I'm like, wow. Like, didn't your actors age? You know, I mean, how, how do you, how do you even do that? Uh, you know, like just shooting on weekends and here and there and over this course of ten years, and finally he had a movie. I'm like, wow, that's. Well, a movie I was in shot for five years, and the problem that they had was they kept losing locations. Yeah. Or one of the actors would be like, "Yeah, I'm moving to the other state," or you know, lots of issues like that. Mm -hmm. Now there was the one film that they did that intentionally. It was over like a twenty year span. Yeah, it's called. Bo there was one called Boy. Yep. Um, I forget the director's name, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the, it was intentionally done that way. I went and saw it. It was uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, all of a sudden you're aged an extra ten years. But let's watch the orphan. Yeah, you. The thing that actually has a budget though, so they were able to uh, do all kinds of. I mean, it's a horror movie budget, but it's still a Hollywood budget. But still, when you looked at her, she was, she was ten years older. Oh, yeah, it, it was obvious. I'm not familiar with this movie. Uh, spoiler alert. Okay, go for it. Uh, yeah, major spoiler alert for people ahead, listening. Go ahead and do the, the, the plot. See if 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 you uh, if you don't know, fast forward for a couple of minutes. But exactly. <laughs> the uh, so the first one, orphan. It's about this couple. They adopt an orphan, and throughout the movie, she gradually starts to seem more and more wrong and violent. And the twist at the end is, she's not a ten-year-old girl. She's in her thirties. She's a dwarf. Oh God recently just came out this year they've made a prequel okay called orphan first kill yeah with the same actress same actress playing the role wow she was a child in the first one and that's how she could pass for 10 years old because she mm. she was she was now she's in her what mid yeah, mid, mid to late 20s. 20s something like that playing an even younger like a year before and she's also not a dwarf mm -hmm. they made it you can tell but they made it work mm. Yeah, Forced perspective. They had the actors wearing big shoes and things, and gotcha. they yeah. had a lot of makeup. And, they and made some it child actors that they like from behind. Some doubles, and, you know. yeah. So they pulled it off, and hats off. They did a really good job. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by how good the that prequel actually was. <laughs> cool. Who's? Uh, I guess I was. I was going to say who's the actress, but I wouldn't know the name of the, the actress of is a, uh, Isabel Furman. Yep. Okay. Word to the studio: Don't do CGI fire ever again. <laughs> yeah that was the well, one problem let's, let's just not do cgi as a rule yeah practical effects all the way practical effects are are superior yes uh, there are some things you can only do cgi but you should really exhaust the practical first well and that's why like uh, uh who am i trying to think of rick baker quit mm -hmm. you know master of the craft academy award winner top of the game it's like cg's taking it i'm out i never heard that that's yeah. too bad because oh, that yeah. guy i mean that guy's a legend oh he's a wizard i mean and in his sleep he could do better than the entire hollywood army of cg guys exactly <laughs> didn't he do uh, american Werewolf from london the that yeah, infamous that's, transformation scene yeah that that's him, what he wasn't it? won yeah. the academy for yeah yeah he has he has figured it out and done it well but you know probably four or five years ago he got angry walked out sold or gave his studio to an auction house 
and said, get rid of it. Hmm. And yeah. Which makes me wish I were a wealthier man because I would have bought it. But <laughs> I may have a couple of things from his studio. <laughs> yeah, I I don't, and I wish I did. But yeah, they were auctioning off. I mean, you know, like the original Gremlins. Oh, jeez. And it just everything. That, that he's that's ever the done. one that I really wanted. I wanted a Gremlin. A, a bunch of stuff from the '76 uh, Kong because mm-hmm. he played Kong in the movie. It wasn't the greatest movie, but the effects in it. You know, but I, when I was seven seven years old, I loved that movie. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I just went and saw it in the drive-in. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's another thing they need to bring back. Drive-ins. Drive-ins. We have one. Yeah, there is one around. I w- we went to it a couple of times over COVID. Yeah. Uh, it it does well. We actually ought to talk them into doing a podcast from there because they're good people. Yep. That they're seems really like people. a fine idea. So, you know, y'all should stay tuned. We'll do that at some point when we're not completely exhausted from everything else we're doing. Maybe we talk Joe Bob Briggs into coming into town because we're going to do a podcast from a drive-in. I can fantasize. I've got his contact info. Uh (laughs) Yeah. You you may be over-promising a bit, but fingers crossed. Here's hoping. It would be great. So are you guys dialed in with uh, the, like, local, the, the Colorado... Horror festivals, anything like that? Like uh, the Telluride Horror Show? or uh... The Telluride Horror Show we have a huge connection with, and hopefully next year we're going to be doing something. This year was kind of a fresh out of the, you know... Fresh out of the pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fresh out of the pandemic, and we're just kind of getting our feet back into the biz again, because it's mm-hmm. been... There's, yeah, there's been some restructuring. Years of downtime, and... There's not a lot of horror going in this town. I mean, the Colorado Festival of Horror, we're we're knee deep in it. Mm-hmm. But and if you're if you're a horror fan and you're you know local to Colorado, you should go next year. Yeah. It, Even if you're not, buy the plane ticket. Yeah, buy yeah, but yeah, travel because uh, they did a really fabulous job. I got to hand it to the organizers. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a really great, really great weekend. It was fun. Yep, and especially for a second year. Mm-hmm. Blew me away with the what appears to be lots of experience doing a convention mm-hmm. well, up front, but they do they do good. But other than that, we really don't have the Mile High Horror Film Festival that seems to have disappeared. It's I've heard rumor that it's coming back, but just as a film festival, which is still good. But you know they had the guests and the dealers and the and that was really fun. So, yeah, there's not a lot of, of horror going on in the town. There, Which there, is kind of bizarre, because well, there's a ton of horror history out here. There's a ton of writers. Uh, there's yeah. a, there's oh. a lot of horror writers. There, there's a... Uh, uh, I'm a... I'm, a what they, I, I'm not sure what my title is, but I'm sort of maybe one of the officers of the Colorado chapter of the HWA. Huh. Um, the Horror Writers yeah. Association. Um so we're sort of, you know, coming out of COVID and trying to be active and uh, do some stuff and um, ramp that up over the next several months. And then, but there's also a group called the Denver Horror Collective. No, um, I know. And uh, that I, I know some of those folks. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a ton of us on the ground. Yeah. All up and down the front range. Yeah, but it's like herding cats. Oh yes. <laughs> That's true. 
horror-obsessed cats, but still cats. <laughs> uh, there's actually another one that's been doing a lot of bar meet-and-greets and trivia contests. Really? I can't remember their name. I ran into one of them not too long ago. Yeah, I don't think I know that one. Oh, wait, um... I do know what you're talking about, but I can't remember their name. Yeah, they did, like, Ghoul's Night Out. And yeah. They were doing an Evil Dead trivia one night, and I decided I nice. probably would win, so I'd stay home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on what the prize is. That either takes all the fun out of it, or you walk away with something nice. Exactly. Uh, okay, barring horror, what other works do you have? Well, I've got a... Uh, I love Japan. Uh, aside from horror, I mean, I, I lived there for a while. Um, I love the history and like the people are just awesome, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, so I've got a, a historical fantasy trilogy uh, set there, and I also have a, a contemporary uh, urban fantasy series uh, set there. That's the most recent one. It's called Shin, uh, Shinjuku Shadows. Uh, it's about a ninja sorcerer and a smart-ass alley cat uh, fighting yokai in Tokyo. Oh, cool. Sounds like fun. So it is. It's fun. It's meant to be light and 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 fun and sort of and just a fast, action-packed read. And this is a series of novels or short stories novels. or novellas? Novels. novels. Yeah. So what encouraged you to move there? Well, right, starting to write that first series, honestly. Uh, because, I mean, I was a huge fan of samurai films and akira kurosawa and but i was still you know an american with no real understanding of the culture um and i had done a ton of reading and all that but it's not the same no um so you know i started taking a class in the language just you know in evenings at the university for fun uh, i was living in omaha at the time and uh so I, lo I, I loved the language. I found I had a kind of a facility for it. Um, and my teacher told me about uh, this program called the JET program where all you have to do is have a bachelor's degree in something and an interest in Japan, and you can go there and be an English teacher. Uh, so that's what I did. Uh, I applied, and I got in, and I moved there, and I loved it, and I stayed for three years. Wow. Yeah, I had a guy that used to work for me that did that. And after about six weeks, he started sending me messages. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> Please find a way to get me back. Uh, where did where did he go? Was that Japan, or yeah. was that a different? It uh, was Japan. Okay. And it was kind of interesting because you can tell how long ago this was. And had I heeded his advice, we'd be in a much larger home. Um, <laughs> he sent me a message and he's like have you heard about something called pocket monsters <laughs> like no what are you talking about and he said y you need to buy it because it's going to be popular and i had no idea what he was talking about had i known yeah because mm -hmm. yep. it was much bigger then than back there than it was here mm -hmm. oh it was huge when i was there i mean and i was there after sort of after the first peak of the wave here in the late 90s because uh, i used to work in a comic shop and Pokemon mm -hmm. was enormous. It you was know. the comic shop here? No, it was, this was still in Omaha. I looked ah. at uh, Anarchy Comics and Games. Uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, but uh, uh, Most of them. Yeah. See, there's a connection. I worked in a comic book store, yeah. too. So. <laughs> that, that's a weird experience. 
It is. I mean, I had no idea when I started there just how weird some comics were. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, what's this box under the counter? <laughs> That's going to stand. <laughs> <laughs> My only problem is they never paid me in money. They paid me in stuff. Well, uh, yeah. My problem was that I ended up getting paid in stuff because I got a discount. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I took home more stuff than I got paid for. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the trouble. Yeah, I never worked in the comic shop, but the yeah. bookshops got the same deal for, for me. Yeah, you get a 10% discount. Yay, okay, that's not going to make any difference. Yeah, some of the ones even did better than 10%, but I still owed them money at the end of the month. Yeah. It's like working at a bar <laughs> Yeah, every night. So, what upcoming projects do you have going on? Uh, right now, uh, I'm working on a uh, lit RPG novel uh, mm-hmm. that will hopefully be a series um, for Shadow Alley Press. Um, they're the ones who published my Shinjuku, Sh- Shinjuku Shadows series. Um, and uh, hopefully that will be out sometime next year. Um, and then I'm kind of climbing on a wave of promoting the short film. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm hopefully going to be doing some more film festivals if it, if it gets accepted uh, in other places. Um, and uh, I'm also working on a uh, young adult sci-fi screenplay uh, that's based on one of my short stories. So. so I have to ask that canned question they always ask you. So what would you recommend to somebody that's trying to break into writing? Um, develop a thick skin. Um <laughs> Because I mean, you're going to get rejected a lot, uh, but you got to keep writing anyway. Yeah, going back um, to Stephen King, he used to have this spike on his wall. Well, it started as a nail on his wall that he would hang his rejections on, mm-hmm. and then once they got too heavy for the nail, he replaced it with this big ass spike on his wall for all of his rejections yeah. back in the day. Yeah, I know. I know a, a fellow author who has uh, like over a thousand rejection letters and counting. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's an incredibly subjective business, something mm-hmm. that one person hates or, and won't give the time of day to. another. It is another person's uh, gift from the gods. You know, yeah, and so, um, sometimes the you get the rejection. That doesn't mean not good enough. It means not right for, for, them. for, for this us. magazine, for this anthology, for us personally at this time. Yeah, at this time or is another thing. Or it's full already and... Yeah. What you know? They already bought a story like yours, yeah. or the the editor the, that's reading the editor or the uh, assistant or whoever it is that's reading your story. It's slush reader who's reading your story for the first time uh, got in a fight with their significant other before <laughs> they left the house, and they're just pissed and like, man, every and the entire world is crap, <laughs> and, and and so is this story, and it, you just don't know. You yeah. Know? Um, so that is one of the hardest things I think to deal with. Um, but I mean, you still have to write and do it for the love of storytelling and you know practicing your craft, getting better, all that stuff. And I would add, read as much as oh, you yeah. can. Read a ton. Read the classics. Read read good stuff, uh, preferably and, good stuff, but also read crap too, mm-hmm. just so that you know what's out there and and outside of your genre. And as outside, well. yep, in and out of your genre. Um, I mean, you can learn stuff about how to structure. A relationship in your horror novel by reading a romance novel, you know, and like the tr- like study the tropes, 
I mean, only the first three or four chapters of the romance novel before it goes completely downhill. <laughs> Depends on what you mean by a romance novel. <laughs> no, I mean I'm talking like a Harlequin. If right? you're talking Those... about like a Harlequin, then we're talking about the first couple of chapters. If, if you're talking about maybe a more serious romance novel, like uh, Jane Austen or something, oh, that's sure. a different matter. Yeah, yeah that's a different. Jane thing. Austen, you read and you better enjoy, or there's something wrong with you. Right. Well, I mean, she's she's kind of in a class by herself yeah or maybe the bronte sisters are with yeah. her in it but just very for, different but sort of in that same category yeah just in the sheer like just craft of language i mean mm-hmm. she was a great writer i mean and, and an incredibly astute judge uh, of character uh like she she watched people and understood mm-hmm. uh, you know that was I think one of her strong points. It feels like a mystery. I was thinking Pride and Prejudice. feels like a mystery novel. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, it's a romance. Well, it is, yeah. but it's also a mystery novel because there's this mystery of understanding what other people are thinking and mm-hmm. what, what's in somebody else's mind. And then it becomes Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. I still, I never actually read that. <laughs> I feel like I should. Yeah, I have not. <laughs> oh, and another bit of advice is finish. Mm, that's yeah. a good idea um, because unless you finish something you don't know what you can't do anything with something that's not finished um, whether yeah, it's I, a I, novel a short story even a poem a flash piece you have to have it finished I still need to learn that lesson mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got like five it's, half it's, finished novels on my desk it's like a muscle right yeah. uh, 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 the more often you do it the easier it gets uh, because I mean a lot of people so many people start writing novels or short stories, and but never finish one, and and for a bazillion reasons get bogged down into why they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is easy to do. Life, sure. Life will, life will whoop your ass if you let it. Yep, it is a sheer act of will to finish a novel, um, a short story too. Um, it's just that a short story is somewhat less of a time commitment. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, maybe. I find sometimes I can crank out a longer work a lot faster than a than a shorter one. Yeah, I don't remember who it was that said, you know, excuse the uh, the long remarks. I didn't have time to make it shorter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I've I've heard it attributed to Mark Twain. It sounds I, like I'd, Twain. I'd have written it shorter if I'd have had more time. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Twain. I don't know if it was Twain, but it sounds like him. Yeah. But that's true. Yeah. I mean, I I hate writing flash. Uh, I, I've got I've had one flash fiction piece published and um, and uh, I love the story. It's just I hate flash. I, I hate trying to write that short. Uh, I'd rather sort of let my ideas mm-hmm. go. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a wordy some bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> what can you say in ten words that you should have said in one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I brought that up, I'm doing the Rocky Mountain Paranormal thing again. When you said Harlequin, there's this movie, movie, this book called Midnight Investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features Rocky Mountain Paranormal. Really? They didn't tell us that when it was coming out. <laughs> uh, a Google found it for me one day. Wow. They describe us. They mention the group by name. Uh, names have been changed to protect the innocent, I think. Names have been changed to protect the author from a lawsuit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I actually went to Harlequin after it came out and talked to their legal department. I was like, now hold on a minute. And then I realized that the book was selling for 25 cents cover uh, after like a month of it being out. Yeah, they 
they churn. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm just going to take this as a badge of weird. <laughs> it is that. Yeah, but what, what was the character's name that, that you got turned into? Dallas Stone. Dallas Stone. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's, it's a very, cool name. Oh, it is. I'll, I'll use it. But it, it was interesting because... Brian Bonner, a.k.a. Dallas Stone. Exactly. And they did this, like, first four chapters, very scientific critical thinking paranormal research group then boom romance novel (laughs) (laughs) or yeah go ahead and plug the other one you've been to the festival of horrors yeah have you been to you can hear me thumbing through a book Mm -hmm. the festival of fear okay this is a book by a local author uh Louis Paul, Louis Paul Del, DeGrado. 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 Um, I haven't finished this, but I, I'm going to let Bob explain this because he encountered the guy the first time through. Yeah, so I, at the uh, the Colorado Festival of Horror, and I don't remember exactly what was going on at the time. The weekend's a blur, but talks. it was before one of the talks or after one of them. Or I'm walking through, and this guy stops me, and he says... Uh, let me let me ask you a question. He says, "Would would your uh, your partner, re- referring to Brian, would he would he mind if somebody had written a a story, sort of based on the the talk that he gave last year? Would he find that in poor taste or funny?" I said, "You know, mostly funny. What what are we talking about? He's written this book that uh, it's called Spookable Tales. It's actually a series, and this is one volume, and it's all about." basically what he encountered at the the festival of horror he changed it to the festival of fear and uh i don't remember what was the what did what name did you become ryan connor ryan connor (laughs) so very similar slight you know change of names but it's all he's written a horror story about the the colorado festival of horror and the people there so so i had to you know the people that are at the con i had to buy some copies of this to Hey, the convention's in a book, and we didn't know about it. See, I've, but I've got my copy. I haven't read it yet, so if, if he's... It's fun. You know, to the author, if you're listening, I'm going to read it. I just haven't yet. But, yeah, it's just weird finding yourself in the middle of one of those. Yeah. But, yeah. Show up in weird places. Yeah. But romance novels, I, I I agree. Watch... There's so many different flavors watch, of romance Watch Twilight, novel. and I thought yeah. I'd never say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't do that one. I did once. I, I, I watched the first one because I felt like I had to if I was going to keep shitting on it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was sitting here years back with pneumonia, and I didn't have anything better to do, so I binged the so series. Why did you make yourself feel even worse? I figured it would scare the pneumonia right out of my system. <laughs> did it work? Not really, <laughs> but at least I got those out of the way. Once again, word to the studios, stop with CGI. Because, yeah, yeah, that was terrible. But, uh, so there was no CGI in yours, right? Uh, not CGI, but there are actually quite a number of digital effects. Um, there's, I mean, there's no, there's no, no computer-generated movement, yeah. right? There's no creature, no, no CGI creatures or anything like that. Everything's That's practical. what really gets me is the, the yeah. creatures. I mean, I understand if it's, you know... Yeah, I had the monster in my office, like, for a year, this last year, until I finally 
got everything all buttoned up and and sent it off to the uh, crowdfunding patron who had basically paid for the thing. I was like, okay, you get to keep this in your house now. Yeah. Uh, and she was delighted to have it. So I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, I, it ended up in some place like this. Oh, and, and let me yeah. pl- let me plug our creature guy, Kevin Ward. He, oh, he is local. Kevin um, is amazing. And I could not believe the artistry that the guy brought to our monster. Uh, just it it blew me away. Uh, so if you're a filmmaker and you're looking for somebody to do creature effects. Kevin Ward uh, is amazing. He um, is. And his last name, or his first name is spelled with an uh, K-E-V-O-N. Yep. And he is available on all the social medias. Mm-hmm. We had to have him on the podcast. He's a really nice guy. Yep. The, the list continues to grow. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we're trying to crank these out once a week or so, and we've been mostly successful, except for the last couple of weeks because yeah. of everything. We everything are on, going on. We are on lucky number 15 tonight. Oh, nice. so, this so is episode getting, 15? This is episode 15. All right. And many, 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 many more to go. Yeah, I think we'll keep doing this as long as people keep... Uh, not listening? Well, oh. <laughs> whether people are listening or not, as long as the guests keep coming to chat with us, I think we'll keep doing it. <laughs> well, and I'm getting lots of good feedback. According to the hit counter, nobody's ever listened to an episode, but I'm taking that as an opposite because I talk to a lot of people and they're like, can't listen to this, like this part, this part, this part. Well, and we, we have one of those services that blasts it out to all the services, so the hit counter's... Questionable. Questionable. Yeah. Yeah. So At I some point, we'll figure out how to get real data. Yeah. I haven't done podcasting in a while, but yeah, it's... See, I started out with my Ronin novels, podcasting... Mm. Like doing a serial uh, podcast when that novel first came out, um, the first of one, of the novel, uh, reading the, the novel, or uh, yeah, it was um, well, it wasn't me. Uh, I was not at that time sort of confident in my ability to deliver, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, radio worthy narrative voice. So I hired a grad student uh, to to record it for me, or I record. I, you know, I was the audio guy, but mm-hmm. uh, she did the reading, and and she did a fantastic job. Um. So that so that was sort of how I got to be a podcaster, uh, but that was in two thousand eight and nine. So it was podcasting was a very different yes. animal back then. It was basically mm-hmm. you put it on iTunes and you were done. Yeah. Um, and uh, but nowadays uh, it's not that at all. I used to have a podcast, and that's how it was. That and technology's changed. It took like five laptops to run that thing <laughs> just amazing and now it's like okay here's something the size of a, size of a pack of cigarettes let's go ahead and do this show <laughs> completely different and i'm glad yeah well and it makes remote so much easier too mm-hmm. i mean us going from the horror festival live in front of what 30 people and yeah 30 40 people in there there should never have been 30 or 40 people in that room no, but there were. There were. But, yeah, that's... The oh, thing. it was one of those small rooms, those uh, mm-hmm. panel rooms. We yeah. had... We didn't announce it, but... Although the cat was out of the bag a yeah, little bit. we talked to a few people, but we had uh, David Howard Thornton and uh, Damien Leone. And, oh, okay. And we were like, we're in this tiny little room. We can't advertise I mean, this. it's big for a hotel room, but it's not big enough for... for it was not big enough for a audience. panel room at all. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, that went 
amazingly well, but it's nice because you can just drop equipment out these days and not have yeah. to worry about it. I remember having to balance between computers and make sure that the feedback to iTunes was the way that it needed, and not anymore. So, you've covered people getting into writing. What about people getting into reading your stuff? Where should people start? Well, it depends on what you like. I mean, I've... I've well, mostly the horror stuff for yeah, this podcast. For this podcast, the horror stuff, I mean, yeah, go find Deathwind. That's a... And if you and if you like stuff that's a little on the lighter side, pick up the Shinjuku Shadows books. I mean, if you like monsters and mayhem uh, without too much scary, uh, then that one, that series is good. Um, and how many are in that series? Uh, two right now. Two for uh, now. I have an, I have a third one planned. Um, okay. Uh, hopefully that will be given the green light by the publisher one of these days. So, but honestly, I think it depends on sales. So. You know, so a couple going thousand sales would highly <laughs> encourage them. So, uh, so yeah, uh, and if you like short fiction, uh, there's Shivers Volume Seven. Uh, there's the uh, Fiction River Last Stand that I mentioned. Um, I have a. If you go to my website, I have a number of like sh- short stories that are downloadable individually in various formats and. Whether you like want to get it for free and join my mailing list, or get it off Amazon for ninety nine cents or something like that, okay. there's all sorts of options like that there. And I also write uh, YA. Uh, I have a supernatural thriller series uh, that is uh, teenage girl versus the werewolf apocalypse. Oh, cool! Um, that I write under the name T. James Logan. So, uh, if if you're a YA lover, that is also a, a nice uh, monster infested option. Cool. Yeah, I'm not particularly a YA guy, but a good story is a good story. Mm-hmm. You know, the YA label doesn't have any attraction for me, but it's not a repellent either. Right, right. It's just if you like if you like a teenage protagonist, mm-hmm. right? Um, or if you're indifferent to whether or not it's a teenage print protagonist, you can also still enjoy the story. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, Adam Caesar's new uh, Clown in the Cornfields marketed as YA, but mm-hmm. it's like that's a fairly brutal book. So yeah, there's so a lot don't of be, debate. Don't be put off by the YA label if you're if you're looking for good horror. Yeah, there's a lot of debate about what sh- sh- you know. I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah. Should or shouldn't go into a YA book? And frankly, it's all crap. It, um, it's it's because, all marketing. Because uh, when I was writing that series, when I wrote the first book in that series, I was asking that question constantly. Oh, can I do this? Can I use this word? Or can I have this level of violence or yes, uh, whatever? And and then I read a book. Um, that won the World Fantasy Award that year is called Tender Morsels uh, by Margot Lanigan, and it was it was um, marketed as YA. And in the first few chapters, there was uh, incest, suicide attempts, uh, abortion, gang rape, incest, another suicide attempt. It was just it was as dark as it could possibly be. And I'm like, this is YA. Uh, and the main the main character uh, was a teenage girl, and and all of that sort of uh, really awful f- stuff that happened to, happened to her set up the sort of magical aspect of the book uh, that was really wonderful. I mean, the the book itself was amazing, and I'm like, it deserves all the awards that it got. Um, but uh, that first few chapters was about as dark as it gets wow 
Uh, and it, but it wasn't marketed as horror either. It was marketed as, as a fantasy, and yeah. it was. And you it know was. the one that amazes me. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time in brick and mortar bookstores for some reason. I should, mm -hmm. but the young adult paranormal romance section. <laughs> wow, it's like an entire section all to itself. I had no idea. Those romance readers churn through it, boy. Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned the the Harlequin earlier that was like yep. that had the cover price down to twenty five cents or something yeah. like that, right? That's because that market churns so quickly. Yeah. Um, the 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 people doing it and you know romance writers, God love them. They they have to write fast um, and they they crank it out um, and they bust their butts and. Uh, but that's because the readers demand it. They are some of the most voracious in existence. Uh, and, you know, weird weird statistic... Here, file this under weird statistic that authors know, uh, <laughs> is that 40% uh, of the U.S. book market uh, is romance. Wow. And that includes everything. Uh, uh, all other fiction, all other nonfiction. 40% of all the books sold in the U.S. are romance. Uh, so, wow! My faith in humanity just fell another. Point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised it's not higher. Just yeah. knowing how publishing works and knowing what you're talking about mm -hmm. with how how the, that market churns. Yeah, well, and I mean, knowing how little people seem to read these days. Y'all should read a book, everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, the most horrible thing I have heard recently was uh, came out of a young man's mouth at DragonCon. Uh, I was working in the uh, Shadow Alley Press booth, and one of my colleagues, you know, where was talking to a young passerby, you know, in the dealer hall, and uh, he says, "Oh, I've only ever read two books." Oh, jeez. And did he specify? I'm curious. And then he walked off. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, surprised he knows how. <laughs> I was about to say one of them was like curious George. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against Curious George. No, I, I like yeah. Curious George, but yeah. So, you know, God love the romance readers. <laughs> you know, at least they're, they're reading. reading. They're at least reading. they're reading. Yeah, yeah I, I've, got, I've got nothing against the romance genre. It's not for me. Okay, we're we're headed at the top of the hour. So one more time, tell us where people can get all of your stuff and things. Oh man, uh, you can go to my website, uh, uh, travishearman.com. Uh, my last name spelled like Herman, but with an extra e and an extra n. Um, and there's like information about me and there's also links to my online store uh, where you can order signed copies direct from me. I will personalize them for you. I'll uh, vouch for that. While we were talking, I just went on and bought some things. Woohoo! Woo <laughs> now I get to go home and tomorrow I'll ship them to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of my stuff's available. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. A few of my titles are Amazon exclusive right now, uh, but you can get uh, either paperbacks or ebooks uh, or audio. Uh, most of my stuff is also on audio, so if you're an Audible fan, you know you can go find them there too. That works. Yeah, lots of good stuff to check out. Cool. Well, I will be uh, reading and watching and all that sort of stuff soon. Well, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. I mean, this is yeah. Thanks awesome. for coming on. No, great seeing you again. Always good to catch up. Um, and. I have no idea who we're having on next time. Yeah, I this, the schedule's time. gone cattywampus. It has. You know, y'all hear this every week or two, but we're also doing all the Rocky Mountain Paranormal stuff, and no, we didn't even God knows that. everything else that's yeah, going on. Got, so let's see. We're we're booked. Yeah. 
for the next, well, through the spooky season. We've got libraries and schools and breweries, firefighter museums, and yeah, we're we're gonna be busy. Yep. So, so you'll be hearing from us soon with some guests that we managed to coordinate schedules for. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, once again, thanks for coming on. It was it was good hearing. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, on that note, I guess we're out. Yep. Take care, y'all. Take care, everybody. Happy scary season. Yeah.